I'm Stephen. And I'm Kevin. In today's episode of the Stephen and Kevin Show, we're going to talk about story selling, how you actually use stories to bring in new clients. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 33 of the Stephen and Kevin Show. And today we have a really interesting topic we're going to be going through, and that's all about telling stories. Yeah, and uh, you know, sometimes when you think about storytelling and you think about some of the tips that are out there for telling stories, they're kind of mundane and boring. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least to me. Sometimes I skim over those kind of articles. But <laughs> we've tried to grab some of the more interesting things that we can find around storytelling so as not to make a boring call for you with a lot of tired advice of like, Make sure you open it strong and close strong and have a moral, right? right. All good stuff. And we are going to share some of those tips too, by the way. I know. But yes. <laughs> we're also going to share some more interesting insights. And part of where, uh, where we got started on this one, we had an article in the Wall Street Journal on Tuesday, July 5th, that uh, was titled, Why Good Storytellers Are Happier in Life and in Love. So we're going to open up with that one. Bear with us while we make the connection to what's appropriate to your business. But many of you are in a relationship, and perhaps this is interesting in that regard as well. Yeah. So, so what they find, yeah, what they find here about the you know telling stories and how it helps you be, be more in love. Well, here. I'm going to read a couple of pieces of it. It says, uh, first off, think of the people you have been in love with in your life, and I bet that at least once early in the relationship, you stayed up late talking, telling stories that were revealing and illuminating. It's empowering to the teller because they get recognition from the listener. It's empowering to the listener because it helps them understand the teller. The problem, Kevin, is that once the heady early days of bonding are over, the conversation in a long-term relationship turns to the mundane. Jobs, schedules, kids, all the boring stuff. So their basic premise was many uh, many marriage therapists encourage couples to explain their sides of events and weave their stories into one cohesive narrative. It's a way to build and maintain a bond over shared history. I, it, I like it. I think it's it's an interesting article. Well, and the, the takeaway, it's, it's an interesting read. The takeaway for me was that you want to make an effort to remember shared experiences mm-hmm. and retell those from time to time about when you met, about a vacation that you had and whatnot. And, and, well, it doesn't always have to be stories about what you did together, does it? No, not always. But, yeah. but I think that's where they're saying that increases the bond over shared history, right? Yeah. And I think the same holds true with client relationships. Yeah, I, right? think, I think the takeaway for me is that you, you build connections with people by telling stories, by, by having those types of conversations. And I think we, have, we tell stories all the time. I mean, even when you're out probably you know, watching football with you know, your, your buddies, you're telling stories about stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's how you bond. Um, now, do these stories that you're telling your loved one, do they have to be true? I would say so, um, <laughs> at least in my marriage, Kevin. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think about it, think about it from a, a relationship standpoint, but also with clients. I, yeah. I think it's important to retell some of those stories. Some of these clients you've been working with for a long time, mm-hmm. 5, 10, 20, 30 years even, and you've had some history together, either a challenge that you went through together, a an event that they attended that you hosted. Something interesting has happened in your relationship with that client. Retell those stories occasionally. So uh, I like it. That's I digress. Great. The point of today is storytelling in a little bit of a different capacity, which yeah. is how to use it to sell. Exactly. And we're going we're to give you some different tips. We're going to start with a number of different tips on it. Um, and then we're going to actually talk about certain types of stories that we think that you should have in your back pocket, ready to go for different types of sales scenarios. Um, if you're thinking about why stories, and I think that article is a great point in terms of it's how we connect with people. 
Um, there's also a really good article in the Harvard Business Review on um, why your brain loves good storytelling. And the whole premise behind this, what, what Paul Zach here did, is he did a, a number of different studies where they actually um, measured uh, – they would, they would subject people to different stories and they measured the level of oxytocin. Which is a you know a hormone that was in their in their blood after the stories, and they found that stories actually release oxytocin, which is a a, a chemical that basically helps with relaxation, trust, and stability, hmm. and trust being a big one there. So he talks about you know the implications of using it in terms of influencing people and their buying decisions. Um, if you think about just how people make decisions in general, we make decisions based on emotions, right? We act on emotions, and I think stories help trigger emotions. So there's there's some big implications there for influence. And they can be good and bad. You know, when I think about the emotions that a story can trigger, I think back to some of the stories that I've heard that were really memorable. Mm. Either, uh, you know, they were really funny or they were really telling That's about tr- someone. Right. And you can think about some really bad ones. I mean, we were talking about in advance of this call, Kevin. I mean, how many dinners have you been a part of, you know, whether it's a, an industry dinner somewhere where you're stuck in a story that is going nowhere fast it's boring or yeah. it's bragging or, you know, fill in the blank. It's one that's memorable for a wrong reason, right? Yeah. So we're going to share with you some some tips first before we jump into the types of stories that we think you ought to be equipped with. So tip number one here is don't be hesitant about being open. Obviously, you could be too open with mm-hmm. someone. Uh, you're telling stuff that's just a little too intimate. But it's okay to tell people your story in terms of how you got in the business or what you're doing. We're going to talk about that story in a second. But – don't worry too much about that. Actually, people feel way more connected to you once they know a little bit about your background. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and, and we've talked about that in a previous podcast of sharing enough but not too much and that increasing the bond. So you don't share all the details of your divorce or the rash that you had, <laughs> right? The rash. But yeah, yeah. you may share you know, a story about uh, you know, raising your child when he or she was a teenager and a mm-hmm. challenge that you had. Or you may share a story about your own childhood and the challenges that you faced. Something that's insightful. It's not, you don't want to share anything overly embarrassing. But share something that uh, that you may feel like pushes your limits a little bit. I think that's a good advice. Um, tip number, number two, two: be descriptive. Uh, you want to tell a very humdrum story of you know I was walking in the park one day and this happened. Give some detail, right? Yeah. The more detail you wrap into the story, I think the more real it becomes, and people start visualizing it. Midsummer. Humid as all hell. It's 98 degrees. Yep. I'm walking through the park, and you know you, you're giving some color commentary here. Yep, I think that's a good one. Um, next one is to practice your story. We're not big fans of, of of you writing out your script for your story. We think it can be, come across a little too stilted. Uh, but have some bullets there and practice saying it. Particularly around some of the ones we're going to take you through in just a couple of minutes. I don't mm-hmm. think every story warrants you practicing it. Right. If you're trying to rehearse a story of you and your buddies in high school and something that happened to you, no, you know, but if it's about solving a client issue or something. Yeah, or right. how you got into the business. That's what we're talking about here, at least framing it out in your mind. Number four, avoiding the <laughs> backdoor brag. Um, you called this a self-call earlier. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's you telling a story that is in some way bragging about something you have or have done. Again, when we get at a ton of conferences where you're hearing about somebody's club, their car, there, how yeah. great their kids are. You know, for me, it all started at Harvard Business School. You know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it reminds like, oh. me of that time I was at my club. And let me just paint the picture of this club, right? Mm-hmm. All the movers and shakers are members there. There's a senator. There's a this. There's a, you know, right? Unnecessary in the grand scheme of the story. And it comes across, even if you don't mean it that way, as a little bit of a brag. 
Next tip here is be careful not to embellish. It, be, it can become unbelievable. Your story needs to be believable, and it, and it needs to be true. By the way, I mean you, you're not you're not telling fake stories here, and that was kind of my joke earlier about you know that you're telling stories to your wife. I thought you were serious. No, um, but. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it has to be a believable story. So when you start embellishing a little too much, you go, oh, it took me three hours uh, instead of really took you 30 minutes. You know, you start talking about um, these people had this much money, but they really only had this much. Right. I mean, you, you ran a marathon and you, it was really four hours. It wasn't three. Yeah, right? I mean, things yeah. like that. Or, you know, you just have to be careful. Stories tend to wander over time, right? Yep. Most commonly with a fishing tale, right? How much bigger does the fish get with every retelling? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're careful with that. And number six, don't use a script. It's not something, I mean, you can think through the best storytellers that you've ever met. None of them have scripts to tell their story. Yeah. Perhaps they they do get better over time. And that's one of the encouragements that we'd offer as part of this podcast, which is tell stories more often. You get better at telling them, right? Yeah. So let's put some structure behind your storytelling. Let's, let's, uh, we're going to go through kind of three different types of stories that we think every financial advisor or insurance agent or, or really anyone who's in a sales position should have. Uh, and the first one is a story around how you got in the business, why you're doing what you're doing. There's, um, gosh, it was a really good quote, and I don't have it written out. Uh, you know, here it is. Here it is, right here. Uh, it says, and, and no one, by the way, I looked at, tried to find the source for this particular quote, and no one knew who's, who, who. Claim it. Actually, it's a Kevin Nichols. It's a Kevin Nichols quote. It says, <laughs> the minute you start telling your story is the minute you stop selling a commodity. And I thought that was really interesting. You're like everyone else when you're trying to sell something. But the minute you start telling your story, the minute you become real and a human being to that person and they start seeing themselves in you and they start feeling how you, how you felt in difference, you know, when you were, how you got into business or whatever your story is. And now they feel more connected. I, I think that's, that's interesting. You're not a commodity anymore. Yeah, I like it. So, you know, in the, in the first story we're going to talk about is how did you get into the business? Yeah. And you're thinking about how you might use this. You, you might use this when somebody asks you, how'd you get into that line of work, mm-hmm. right? Or you might use it proactively. If you've got a really compelling story, use it proactively. Yeah. Right? If it's kind of a humdrum, well, I got out of college, I wasn't sure what else to do, so I took an internship here, and before you know, and it's like, all right, good story. I mean, it is real, but it's not that compelling. That's not one that you're proactively trying to tell no, people. if somebody asks you your story, you tell them the story, and you try to make it a little bit more interesting and relatable than it, uh, than it might otherwise be. You know, and I think a lot of financial professionals we work with have a story typically tied to family somewhere where their mm-hmm. parents went bankrupt or they were all they find themselves always helping uh, with the family finances to the point where they were like their uh, their family's financial advisor and they decided I have a passion for this. I mean, e- even if it's something around school where, you know what, I, I started taking classes in college on finance and I just found, found myself, it was like I was at home. You know, and I really enjoyed those types of classes and I really thrived in them. And that's when I decided that I wanted to pursue this type of career and that's why I'm in what I'm doing today. There's probably something you could spin there that's truthful and that makes it sound a little bit more interesting. Yeah, then I just I took an internship or my buddy said, hey, go for this interview and I, I landed the job. Right, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people probably feel like they have a boring story. Right, because you lived it. You know, when, yeah, when you live it, it's inherently more boring than hearing it from someone else with a, with a better spin on it. Yep. Matt Oxley's great with this. You can tell him your story, and he'll flip it around on you and tell it in a much more interesting way because he'll highlight the right parts of it, right? Yes. So you got started as an intern at XYZ Financial because you stumbled into it. Well, the spin I would put on that is, well, you were seeking a job in the financial world, and you happen to find 
one of uh, the industry's top teams right here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Right. And you were fortunate enough to, to get a meeting with this gentleman, and, and he's been a mentor of yours ever since. Whatever it is, he'll put a better spin on it, right? Mm-hmm. And that just comes with he's done it so many times, and he practices the art of storytelling. Yeah, right? I mean, a lot of times he'll, he starts telling my story in front of an audience, which always makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah, he and tells it better than you do. Kevin. He tells it absolutely yeah. better than I do because Matt's just a phenomenal storyteller. Uh, Kevin but, was in a rock band. He yeah. was a lead singer, you know? Exactly. Lead singer in a rock band, Southern California. We're, you know, we're this close to making it. And that's how he was. You know? <laughs> and then, you know, and then I decided I wanted to do something different and go off to grad school. Came from Southern California to North Carolina. Started interning at, you know, you know Oracle and VF Jeans. Where, I mean, he, he just... He really – he's so good at, at, at making it right. sound more interesting. Yeah, exactly. For me, so, I was like, I don't want to tell that story. And that goes back <laughs> to one of our points about – tip number one about don't be hesitant about being open yeah. because what's interesting during the events after he tells that story, people come up to me and so many people are like, oh, what kind of guitar did you have? And you start bonding with people on, on all types of, of levels. So, Cool. Uh, story number two, how did you solve a client problem? Mm. And again, thinking about how you would use this one. You might use this one. If you've got a really good story on this one, you might use it proactively. Yeah. Um, I think this is you, great for a sales scenario, though. I mean, like, if you're, if you're in a sales situation, you can give examples of how you help people. Yeah, let me, you know, because everybody uses the same jargon in this industry. You look through anybody's websites, and we look through a ton of websites, and so we see a lot of it. But the fact that we provide holistic wealth management or comprehensive financial planning, all those, t- sound, those start to sound the same to people who are researching financial advisors. But if you've got a story to back it up that says basically, you know, we, if, I, if I'm saying, Kevin, you know, we really provide holistic wealth management, let me give you an example. Yeah, exactly. I like we that. We had a, a client come to us whose daughter was 17 years old and had, you know, fill in the blank. You have, every one of you has umpteen stories over the years of clients that you've legitimately helped in a big way, but you want to be ready to share that in a way that's, that's concise and conversational, cons- conversational, but also uh, pertinent to the situation at hand, right? Yes. If you're telling this random story, it has absolutely nothing to do with the prospect you're sitting in front of. You're missing the mark a little bit. Think about the three common issues that you help people with or, 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 or you know, um, think problems that you actually solve for people on a regular basis. And you can probably create stories around all three of those. And then you're ready to use them in those in those different scenarios. And I think people just when they start hearing a story, they tune in rather than just features, benefits of this product, features, benefits. You sound like a robot. And one of the examples Matt gave in a recent article about sticky stories, he said, uh, you know, an advisor organized the funeral arrangements for a grieving widow, including the financial arrangement with the funeral home and making sure she wasn't getting taken advantage of. Now, that, if, you, if that just happened to you, that's a very relatable story and illustrates the depth of relationship you have with clients. Yeah, and if you were telling it, obviously you would expand it a little mm-hmm. bit, right? And you'd mm-hmm. get into the, more, the detail of it. But I, I exactly right. That's a great example of, of one of those. Uh, so, uh, sticky story number three, Kevin, uh, highlighting the personal nature of your service or the fact that your service is really good, which, again, is something everybody talks about. Yes. But a story gives you some proof. Yeah, and there was actually an advisor that we worked with who – um, I mean, this guy won all types of awards from his firm in terms of the level of service he provides. I mean, he, he had a client who was um, a widow. She was hospitalized. He went to her house once a week and mowed her lawn for her. He did it himself. You know, and I thought that was pretty remarkable. Uh, and that's extremely a high-level personalized service. People, Some of his neighbors were saying you know, when she came back from the hospital, 
who's that guy mowing your lawn? Yeah, right? Right. <laughs> I think he actually turned one of the neighbors into a client, which is amazing. Why is he out there in a, in a button-down shirt? You know? Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> I, I just picture him you know, after work coming home, and he's like, he's you know, got the button down, rolls up his sleeves, and he starts the lawnmower up and does it. But that's a great story. So if you're trying to express to people how you know, you know, the level of service you provide, I mean, that's, yeah, exactly. that's how you show it without just saying, here's how frequently we meet. Right, here's how, yeah. you know. And again, thinking about how to use this, when sometimes you're going to use a story like that proactively as you're explaining the types of relationships you have with clients. Other times it's going to be in response to a question from a client like, you know, all right, if we move forward on this, how often would we expect to hear from you? Right. Right? Uh, how often w- would we want to get together and that sort of things? And you're like, well, uh, let me give you, you know, we're, everybody says they're great with contact with their clients. And I can tell you that we're going to have X number of reviews this year and this many proactive calls. But let, let me give you an example of, of the type of contact we have with our good clients like you, right? Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I mean, I, to me, this is a really important topic. It's around storytelling. I think people remember stories more than facts and figures. I can't tell you the number of people who've seen Matt Oxley or, or Stephen or myself speak, and then they come back to us and say, oh, I remember the story you told about this. Yeah, and I'm thinking, what was that? They yeah, don't you know, remember that X percent of the affluent are looking for a financial advisor who does this. Like, they don't remember those facts and figures, but they remember the stories. Yeah, and so as you're thinking about your own stories, again, we've been part of many conversations with you. We have dinner with financial advisors pretty often as part of the work that we do, and we know <laughs> there's some really, really good storytellers. Yeah. We always comment about how much personality this industry has, and that's why we like it and so that's much. that's why we love it. Yeah. But, uh, but there's also, you get trapped in some bad stories, so avoid some of these Things of self, you know, self calls or bragging. Yeah. Avoid getting too long winded. You've yeah, been part of dinners before where somebody is like, golly, another story. Is this story over yet? <laughs> right. Avoid telling the same story over and over. If everybody's heard it a few times, figure out something different to talk about, right? Yeah. So, you know, avoid some of the things that are common sense. The big thing is thinking about what stories do you have in your tool chest right now? Which ones should you have, including the three that we covered today? And, uh, you know, it's a good start. So spend some time on it, on the creation of the story. Practice your delivery as well. Um, By the way, we have a webinar series coming up July 26th. It's called Referral Alliance Accelerator. It's all about building relationships with CPAs and attorneys. It's a four-part series. It's going to be really, really good. So if you have any interest in in that topic, make sure you check it out, oxley.com slash webinars. Yeah, and it's a, a topic that so many people get frustrated with. You know, Will, we refer to accountants and attorneys. They don't refer back. Yes. But much of what we're going to teach you in that series is how to set up a long-term strategy to where every year you're going to start by knowing you're going to get a handful of new business from every one of your CPA and attorney partners. It's going to take some work, but mm-hmm. we're going to show you the right strategy for doing it. So, If you have a question, use hashtag Ask Stephen and Kevin on Twitter or on Instagram. We're happy to feature one of your questions for the show. And uh, thanks for joining us today.